Hey, everybody. Really quick, before we get started today, I just wanted to tell you all about a new service that I just found out about, the Games and Online Harassment Hotline. So if you are a games developer, if you are a Twitch streamer, professional gamer, or just somebody who plays online a lot who is dealing with a significant amount of online harassment, one of their trained agents can talk to you about what you're experiencing and provide a listening ear and information on resources that maybe have helped to you. So, um, they are not sponsoring or anything like that. Uh, I, I simply found out about the service and thought, hey, this is a really cool thing and this could be a really useful tool in just kind of fighting back against what sometimes feels like the, the jerks that dominate online spaces right now, especially when it comes to uh, gaming. So yeah, if you feel like you need help with something like that, um, please look them up. Their website is gameshotline.org. Uh, so that you can access them. You can text uh, support to 23368. Uh, they are only staffed from 3 to 7 p.m. Pacific time right now, uh, but that is seven days a week. And yeah, I just think that sounds like a really cool thing. And you can also help them out by donating to them if uh, you feel so inclined. So yeah, check them out if you need help. And please donate to them if you, like me, think that this is a pretty cool thing. And with that, let's get on with the show. My most beautiful, it's Nescapades, a chronological journey through the North American Super Nintendo library with a few pit stops along the way. We play them briefly. We judge them harshly. We rank them. That is pretty much all you need to know. I am Steampunk Link. I am Emmy Zero. And here we are, folks, the very last day of the Mary month of Mario month of merriment. We're talking about Super Mario Brothers 3. We've been through all the Mario All-Stars at this point, except for the last one. We, we've, we talked about Mario 1. We talked about the Lost Levels. We talked about Mario 2. So now it's time to talk about Mario 3. I mean, I, yep. I, don't, know, I don't know what else to do at this point, you know? I mean, that's it. That's, that's, all we've, that's all we've got left. We've, uh, uh, much like Boys to Men, we have come to the end of the road with Mario, and it has led here. Yep, yeah, I'm pretty sure those were the exact lyrics lyrics to that Boys to Men song. We, That's I've right. Come to the end of the road with Mario. Super Mario Brothers three, big deal, big yeah. game, big yeah. game. Some might say the biggest game on the NES. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people would probably rank this as the top NES game of all time. Yeah, um, a, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people out there would still say this is like the the best Mario game of all time. Actually. Yeah. Whether that's my opinion or not, I guess we'll have to discover. But uh, this is a very, very highly regarded game. And it is one that Nintendo has gone back to a lot over time. This is pretty much what the foundation for the new Super Mario Brothers series was. A lot of the like specific images and stage designs and bits of music and power-ups from this have even made their way into a lot some of the th some of the 3D Mario games. This is a very, very significant game in like the canon of Mario. When Super Mario World was in development, before it sort of took the form that it eventually took, it looked a lot like Super Mario Brothers 3 in the early days, just on the Super Nintendo. In fact, I believe that there's some early screenshots of that game where Mario even has a Super Leaf and is donning the raccoon tail, which would eventually become a cape, but... Uh, Super Mario 1 laid the foundations, but I think this is where it just like codified, this is what a Mario game is uh, right here with Super Mario Brothers 3. This this is what you get. You get you get eight worlds, you get mini bosses, you get 
different themed worlds and levels. You get mini games. Uh, you have probably at least one power up you know, that's going to have a, a pretty profound impact on your ability to move throughout the world. So flying has come up in a bunch of Mario games now, but this game introduced it. And this game, this game took a very different tack to bringing verticality to the stages than uh, than Mario 2 did, let's mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is also where we see the origins of things like the, the Koopalings, who back then were considered Bowser's kids, but they have since uh, been been demoted to uh, just um, uh, nieces and nephews, <laughs> I think. Right. I think. Right. Or, yeah, or not yeah, even it, that. It, just it, like just like big fans of ba- of Bowser. Right. Is what they yes. are, I guess. Yeah, something like that. Like, yeah, um, it, I, I don't like that retcon personally. I like to think of them as as all all of of Bowser's terrible children. Yes, yeah, they're his terrible children, and Bowser Junior is his one good kid. Um, right. Yeah, it, uh, it feels very uh, Marvel comicsy. It's like Magneto with uh-huh. with uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch being yeah, yeah, his yeah, on yeah, again, yeah, off right. again children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but this is also where we get uh, Boom Boom, the mini boss for a lot of the the fortresses throughout um you know we've seen boom boom come back and, and he even got a uh oh, yeah a female counterpart recently uh named pom pom yeah i like them uh i like uh the fights with them were were actually one of my favorite parts of of uh new super mario not new super mario brothers uh uh super mario 3d world that is the name of that game yeah uh <laughs> super mario 3d world yeah. good game good game uh bowser's fury a little bit better uh, anyway, oh, inter- oh, you know what? I haven't played the the new version. I just played it on the Wii U, so I I never bothered yeah, getting the yeah. Switch version. I mm-hmm. I should probably rectify that at some point. Mm. You should, yeah, it's very good, and the Bowser's Fury uh, add on is extremely cool. So yeah, um, oh, uh, Super Mario Brothers Three also introduces the whole map screen, which uh, is pretty much a, a, a Mario staple now. Uh, it is, yeah. Uh, in, in, in some form or another. Yeah, a lot of times it's it's a form that's very similar to this, where you're kind of progressing through like each world has its own map with little like secondary paths to unlock and mini games. And you kind of move from map to map. Occasionally, it's more like Mario World, where it's sort of like a bigger interconnected thing. But yeah, uh, this is this is a, a very, very solid template for uh, many other Mario games and also a lot of games that kind of take uh, take take uh, inspiration from this. Like there are loads of platformers on the Super Nintendo that are structured pretty much exactly like Super Mario Brothers 3. Yep. So, yeah, <laughs> we've played them. Uh, yeah. They're not as good as this one for the most part, but they yeah. do they do structure themselves an awful lot like it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, not a whole lot of history to go into with this one, because, I mean, really, the development of this was a lot more straightforward than it was with uh, a lot of the other games. This one isn't a reskinned version of some other game that was also based on a prototype that may or may not have been uh, another Mario game at some point. Um, It didn't launch any systems like the original did, but... uh, you know, um, came out in 1988 in Japan, which is kind of interesting because that's around the time we got Super Mario Brothers 2 over here. And it, you have to wonder if maybe Nintendo did play around with the idea of just releasing Mario 3 over here as Super Mario Brothers 2. Um, 
I'm kind of glad they didn't, though. I'm glad I'm, we I'm got... I'm glad they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we got the Mario 2 we did, and uh, it would have been a really long... For that time period, it would have been a really long break between Mario games. That would have been like a like a four-year break, pretty much, uh, between Mario games if they had waited to put out Mario 3 here yeah. uh, as, the ne- as just the next Mario game after Mario 1. Also, uh, this this game got its own cartoon. So the, the super Mario brothers super show was based on Mario's one and two a little more heavily towards two, but um, this one just got the adventures of super Mario brothers three. And what a uh, bad name for a cartoon. Yeah, but it, 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 it had a heck of a lot more in common with the actual games. It was it, based on than the it, original. It did. It's a better Mario cartoon uh, for yeah. sure. Um, sadly, uh, we don't have uh, Danny Wells, Luigi anymore, but we get a Luigi that the sounds like this. Although I, I, he didn't actually have the Italian accent, but he should have. He should have. Yes, it's true. Yeah. Bring that guy. Bring bring whoever that was back for the Mario thing. I know Danny Wells isn't around anymore. Rip, rip, rip Danny Wells. Rip to the max, as they would say on a friend of the show, uh, uh, um, namely 90s podcast. <laughs> hey, you know what? I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but uh, you should go listen to the namely 90s. We did a thing with them. Um, they just had their two year anniversary. We did a skit for it. It was a lot of fun. It was a, it's yeah. a fun episode to listen to, even if we're not in it. But we are. Yeah. So bonus. We are in that one. So, yeah, good, good uh, incentive for you to listen if you are a fan of this show. But uh, you should be a fan of their show anyway, because it's good. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, back to Mario Brothers 3. That's really all the the history I've got about this one. Um, Oh, except that uh, this was um, because of the two-year gap between its Japanese and American release. Nintendo of America was able to sort of tease the game a little bit more. And uh, one of the uh, one of one of those teases was its uh, appearance in the feature film that was basically a big Nintendo commercial for movie theaters. The Wizard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this game does show up in The Wizard. It is, uh, it's essentially like, what if we made Rain Man for children, but also made it about video games? The the kid who is really good at playing video games and also has uh, a very, uh, you know, poorly defined and frankly pretty offensive uh, <laughs> uh, intellectual disability uh, makes it all the way to the like Nintendo World Championships at uh, Universal Studios Hollywood. And uh, the game that he plays against other kids for the championship title is uh, Mario three. And it's like yep, kind of which, uh, world premiere. Yeah. <laughs> which which somehow they inexplicably know where the warp whistle is, despite the game not having been released over here yet. And also no, that somehow the, the gets him the points. Yeah, it somehow. I don't know. Like the way it's presented in the movie, from what I remember, is that it is like a surprise that this game even exists. Like mm-hmm. no one even knows this is like a thing until it shows up on the screen. But yeah, like there's like a thing where like one of the kids like companions in the audience is shouting, shouting like, go out there, get the warp whistle. He had an uncle that worked at Nintendo. <laughs> He did. Yeah, that's right. That's a not, that's a thing they didn't they didn't mention in the thing. But yeah, the, the kid had like secret inside knowledge. Right. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe uh, I, I'm surprised he didn't just turn to the camera and say, oh, I learned all about it in this month's issue of Nintendo Power. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, honestly, that wouldn't have been more extreme than the power glove scene from that movie that everyone likes to, oh, yeah, no, to, no. to make fun of. So, you know, totally could have happened anyway. But, um, you know, we've got uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, Takashi Tezuka. They're back in, in director's roles. Uh, we got 
Koji Kondo back with the music. Toshihiko Nakago, who I believe was the programmer on uh, Mario 1 as well. We got the band back together for this one, and we got a whole lot of other folks as well working on this one. Um, big game. This this really was kind of like uh, the, the, the culmination of, of everything that came before it, much like, you know, the original was for, you know, in its time and place. Yeah. Yeah, just an amazing technical achievement. And they're really just is not much like this on the NES. It is expansive in a way that, that you just didn't really see back then. There's so much variety, even just within a single world. Like every stage in this is basically like a little bite-sized different game uh, gameplay idea in some ways. You know, some of them are auto-scrollers. Some of them you're being chased by something. Some of them are a little more exploration-based. Uh, some of them are just like a straight run through the run to the end through like some very difficult obstacles. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really uh, just like a, a big variety pack of all these different things you could potentially do with the the Mario controls basically uh this game also introduces the concept of like different themed worlds so we start out in world one which is you know got some pretty pretty standard levels it's not very difficult to complete and that's your your grass world um then you know we up the difficulty a little bit with the desert world and then um from there uh things just kind of go nuts in a way you know you get um world three which is your water world introduces the frog suit which helps you swim better though it's pretty useless outside of water levels. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, level four is level four a giant world. Yeah, that blew my mind when I first played this. Giant world was always my uh, incredible to me as a kid. Yeah, giant world might be the world that sticks out in my mind the most from this game just because of how unprecedented that felt back in the day. Like, oh my God, suddenly we've got giant Koopa Troopas. We've got giant bricks. And giant blocks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everything functions the same way it does in normal levels but it's all huge <laughs> yeah it was it was really cool yeah absolutely and uh you know if if one of these levels is giving you uh, one of these worlds is giving you a lot of trouble and you just don't want to continue with it uh as we alluded to before there is an item called the warp whistle which you can get two of very easily in uh in world one that will let you just skip some of these worlds like wholesale you can, you can literally um, skip to the so, very end of the game from world one using both of those warp whistles so yeah you can so so yeah uh it, there's a lot of a lot of different options for like how you progress through this there are even certain stages in in the the levels that are just skippable you can just bypass them on the map and yeah like this is, uh, you know, just like a, a, a you know, a big smorgasbord of different different Mario, uh, different Mario levels for, for you to to gorge yourself on, basically. <laughs> I also really like all the different suits. I mean, like the raccoon tail would have been enough, frankly, but they put in uh, an upgraded raccoon tail called the Tanuki suit that uh, gives Mario just a full on furry costume. Uh, and aside from flying, he also gets to turn into a statue as the Tanuki in a, a trick that probably made no sense to any of us here in America at the time. Nope, definitely not. Um, but yeah, when he was a statue, enemies would just walk right right past him. There was also the Hammer Brothers suit, which was hard to obtain. You, there was only like one or two of them in the game. But once you had it, you could murder pretty much anything, even things that were yeah. otherwise indestructible. So, you know, like it was kind of an exercise in how long can you hang on to this suit? Right. You know, and, and just and just wreck things with it. Um, that hammer suit, you can murder the sun 
with that hammer suit. Wow, you can kill the angry sun with that suit? Yes. The, that's impressive. That's right. You can, that's, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I've never had the suit when I've uh, been in that level. So Yeah, well, I mean, you wouldn't in that level, but um, it, it shows up again in one of the, the levels in the last world. Uh, oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah and, and you right. can use it there. I think I used Game Genie and did that once. And, yeah, and Game Genie, I remember, had a specific code called Start and Stay Hammer Brothers suit. Yep. And I used this and the thing that was that, that was that was really intense about this is that it also triggered a weird glitch. You, you would be unable to complete the game if you didn't do a very specific thing right when you kill Bowser at the end of it. You you had to crouch in front of the door to the cell the princess is being held well, in. I, I think otherwise the game would freeze, right? Well, no, I think what it was is you had to hold up uh, before. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, you're right. And, and right. I, I think yeah. like a speedrunner actually explained why that's the case because really apparently okay. what's happening when you use that code is that the game is saving your power up in this cache of memory that normally is reserved for the weird sparkly graphics that appear uh in that doorway oh. when uh, the door opens I, I see okay yeah that makes sense to me yeah if, if i understood it correctly and also the, the funny thing about that because i remember those codes they explained it in the game genie book as this being bowser's time trap that you would have to avoid trying yes, to make it an right. element they of the game <laughs> yeah that's right that's right oh that's so funny uh, that boss fight with Bowser at the end of this is great. By oh the way. yeah, it's um, a really good, yes. uh, really good final final boss. Yeah, really cool way of of making you feel like you're really you know locked in a prolonged conflict against this big boss character. Very cool, um, very cool mechanic that they did there. That you know they they don't put anywhere else in the game. This is the only time you have yeah. to you know beat someone by making them smash the floor out from underneath them. There's just a lot of stuff, a lot of varied mechanics in this game. There's, um, you know, again, uh, water levels where you have to be like very carefully navigate like jellyfish mazes. Uh, you've got the the pipe maze world later on in the game where um, yeah, that's where a lot of that exploration that you were talking about comes in because it can be easy to get lost in some of those stages. The game has a lot of mercy mechanics. You can stock away items uh, which you can activate from the map screen. So if you're having a hard time with certain levels, hey, just pop a star man and you can start the stage invincible for and stay invincible for a couple of seconds. If you find some hidden areas, you might get a P wing, which just gives you the ability to infinitely fly through a stage. You also get some special, special items uh, at the end of each world in a letter from the princess, uh, which includes things like the P wing, but also like a music box at one point that will put to sleep all of the like random roaming enemies on the map. So you can bypass them. Mm -hmm. uh, that's another thing this game introduces is kind of roaming micro stages with uh, like a hammer brother that, you know, kind of change position every time you either die or complete a level. Fun little like slightly dynamic things that make use of that map in a, in a way that's really cool yeah yeah um I, I i think those hammer brothers fights are, are a lot of fun and you get uh, an item for beating them yeah finding secrets and things weren't wasn't a huge part of this uh, it kind of blew my mind the first time i realized that in the desert world you could break a rock on the map with a hammer item and then you access this yeah. secret part of the map where there were um you know more hammer brothers to fight and more items to collect yeah 
Yeah, I mean, this game, its big thing is that it really makes the experience of playing a Mario game feel like an adventure. I think once you do this, there's not really not really any going back to a type of Mario game that isn't this in some form or another. Yeah, I mean, this you know? eclipsed the original Mario Brothers for me for so long. That, that is, you know, like when I said in the first episode how, you know, I would... Like, there was a point in my childhood where I thought of the original Mario Brothers as boring. I don't think that anymore. But this is why, because yeah. it just, it, it so outshone the original uh, that, yeah. yeah, it was easy yeah. to forget, like, what an amazing game that original Mario Brothers actually was when you kind of, you know, just, like, drop all of the... the all of the games that came after it and just try and think of it yeah. in its time and place. And you, know, you just say like, you know what? This was actually a really great game. that still holds up today. And, and I will say, you know, this is something that we talked about as much as I loved super Mario brothers three back in the day. I don't know that it's quite as special to me as either the original Mario brothers or super Mario brothers two, just, um, yeah, and part of that was just because of like the age that I was, the fact that like yeah. Super Mario Brothers was literally the first time I had ever played a game myself, and Super Mario Brothers Two was just so different and and so right. expanded based on you know like all the other games I had. Yeah, like like I think my games library, <laughs> you know, at the time that I got Super Mario Brothers Three consisted of like Mario uh, Super Mario Brothers, like Wheel of Fortune, you know, like some really basic stuff. Like most kids in in that era i did not own many games i rented a lot of them from video yeah. stores but i did own the mario games like the mario games were big enough that i would always ask for them for like a birthday or christmas if uh if one was coming up this game like looms pretty large for me as well i i also agree that to me it's not it, it doesn't hold quite the same place in my heart as the first two games for basically the reasons you said, you know, there, there's something about like Mario Super Mario Brothers being what it is and being such a, a different thing from anything you'd ever seen before. And then Mario two being very much its own thing. But, but I mean, come on, like all the stuff we've said about Mario three, like I cannot deny any of it and how kind of just huge and, and significant this game was. Um, I do think personally for me, I like Mario World's particular spin on a lot of the ideas in this game a little bit more. Yes. Like, I like the way that game does its huge interconnected map. I like its focus on secrets. I definitely like flying with the cape more than flying with the, the raccoon tail. But that is not to take away from all the really incredible things Mario 3 does. And the fact that Mario World was building on this. Like, yeah. this game set the the course for for what that game could be you know yeah we, we've talked about a lot of the stuff in mario 3 but in some ways like we haven't even scratched the surface like there's there's secrets that pop up for accomplishing like certain coin counts and certain levels that would make new ships appear there'd be mini games that would just randomly appear on the map after completing a certain number of worlds there was um oh there was the the like Basically, the version of original arcade Super Mario Brothers that was oh, available to oh, yeah, you yeah, that's if right, you were playing two-player. Right, yeah. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, I think for many people that weren't old enough to experience that game, like me, for example, this is absolutely the main way they've played non-Super, just original Mario Brothers is as the, like, competitive two-player thing in this game. Yeah, and you could you could 
you know, play that game and like battle each other for the cards that you were getting at the end of stages. And uh-huh. like, you know, there's yeah. a whole other mechanic with the cards. There, there's the one level that had Karibo's shoe in it. Uh, there's enemies that made their debut here, like the the various varieties of piranha plants. And there's the chain chomp, which oh, yeah. is a pretty iconic Mario enemy the now. Thwomp. The thwomp makes its first appearance here. Yeah. yeah. Thwomps, booze. Yep, booze. Yeah. Booze, kind of uh, the idea of a very different kind of unkillable Mario enemy is really interesting and it shows up in this game through the booze, through the chain chomps. Uh, you know, well, I guess chain chomps are killable, but, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, actually are are booze killable too with the hammer. They are. Yeah. With the hammer. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, just like this thing that like changes its behavior based on how you interact with it is really interesting. Yeah. And there's things about that game that like, even I didn't know until recently. Like, did you know that chain chomps will jump off of their chains if you wait long enough? No, I did not. Yeah, that is a thing that can happen. Um, wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I found out recently about Hammer Brothers from Mario 1. If you just wait long enough, they'll just start charging at you. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even know that until recently. Wow, that's it's, really it's wild. That's really cool. Yeah, there's just so much here and... um. If you ever go to the, the cuttingroomfloor.net, which is a, a, a tcrf.net, is a cool website that just kind of talks about like stuff from prototypes, versions of the game, or just things that were left in the code that don't surface in the game in any way. Like apparently there were a whole lot of other uh, mini games that were planned that never made it. Um, so even like as big as this game is, there was stuff that they had to cut. Uh, that's remarkable, honestly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, what an amazing game. Uh, just absolutely um, fantastic. Yeah. Game. And for sure, for sure. It was a one player game that you could easily play with friends because it was just, it was just that exciting to watch even, um, you know, like you had a friend who could actually get past the desert world and move on to the, the water world. And so now like, you finally get to see it and you're like, Oh, this is what this is all about. Uh, um, yeah. And just like, like little things on the map, like the fact that where the stage is located on the map uh, can like denote like what to expect, like in the water world. Yes. That's yeah, very like cool. something that's like, if the little dot for it is over the water, you know, that that level's yep. probably going to be in the water. Yep. You're going to be swimming. Uh, the fact that like, if you lose on the um, airship stage, that is the, the boss level for, for each world. If you, if you, die on it the the airship moves to a different position and you have to go like kind of track it down on the map this is such a cool thing it makes it feel so much more like alive than uh than just like a static map yeah, apparently there's like an anchor item that will cause the the ship to not move but i'll be darned if i ever figure amazing it. i didn't even know well, about that i knew yeah. about it but i'll be darned if i know how it actually works because i could never get it to actually work that way should talk about um the mario all-stars version of it but here as well i don't really think there's much to say because mario 3 already almost looked like it it could be a super nintendo game you know with like the the amount of like detail and variety in the levels so that is all embellished here much like with mario 2 but really like a lot of the sprites the the stage designs a lot of it looks you know they didn't need to do much to it, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, again, like Mario two before it, um, it's, it's just kind of like 
just embellishments. Like there's some new backgrounds, um, you know, to give a little bit more life to, to the proceedings. But other than that, it's not really changed all that much. Um, this was a better place, I think, for, you know, like the Bowser portraits in Bowser's Castle and things like that than... Uh, yeah, definitely. It feels more like it fits yeah, here. definitely. For sure. Um, I, I like the fact that there's only one Bowser's Castle. Like, yeah, you, you've made it, and it's this big foreboding place now because it's not just like, oh, I've gone through a whole bunch of Bowser Castles that have just been progressively more, di- more and more difficult. This is the castle. I'm there, and... and yeah, it's spooky. Just to to kind of go back to how like the map sort of like informs uh, the you know the feel of these these worlds. I love how like almost cinematic World Eight yeah. in this feels. Like the the fact that like you are seeing so many things like those big kind of like rolling like siege engines in that one stage. The fact that like you have to go across this weird bridge that can randomly pull you mm-hmm. into a stage. Like there's so much stuff that really makes a meal out of like kind of venturing into Bowser's territory for the final fight with him. That is just you, you so really do cool. get the sense of like Bowser just desperately throwing everything he's got to try and stop Mario from getting to the castle. Uh-huh. His his utter yeah, frustration yeah. at the fact that like how does one guy get past all of my tanks? All of my like none of my tanks yeah. could, could murder one dude on foot? Really? <laughs> Like you don't even get to like a more traditional map screen in the dark world until you've cleared like two different screens. And then it's like, oh, now I'm actually in the part where the the levels proper are. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's very long. Yeah. Yeah. World eight is, <laughs> yeah. is its own just entire um, uh, quest in a way. And, and which makes sense why they've set up the warp whistle thing the way they have, because, you know. Yeah. Since you can't save your, you couldn't save your progress in the original game, it made sense to just be like, hey, you need to get back here real fast. Here you go. Yeah. It it looks great on this collection. I mean, whereas, you know, I would say like for Super Mario Brothers 2, like the way to play it is in this collection. Super Mario Brothers 3, I I could almost say, you know, like, eh, it's it's almost half a one, six, uh, it's, sorry. Six of one, half a dozen (laughs) of the other. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's value neutral, really. Like, it, this is just as good as playing it on the NES, but I don't really think, aside from, I guess, being able to save between levels, yeah. uh, it doesn't really make any changes that would change the experience, like, in any meaningful way here, I don't think. So, yeah, other than just yeah. giving a little bit more life to the levels with yeah. the, the new backgrounds and stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah. I, I like the choices they've made here. Like they have embellished some things, but uh, they all feel extremely appropriate uh, choices. So yeah, uh, a good game, a good version of it. Uh, you know, by all means, if for whatever reason you're like a Mario fan, but never made it around to the NES games and you haven't played this, uh, really a lot of what you, you probably like about the later Mario games is in this one. So Yeah. Uh, give it a go for sure. Yeah, I would say give this whole collection a go and, and try these games out again. If, uh, you know, this is the easiest way to play them. Um, I, I think they're all worth checking out. And with that, we've got one more very important thing we have to do. We do. Yes. Uh, one thing we've uh, really been been kind of leading up to for this entire this entire month yeah, we got to rank this thing. 
yeah, we got to put that Super Mario All-Stars is a Super Nintendo game. And that means it's got to go on our list. Yeah. And um, it, it almost doesn't seem fair, right? You've got like. Right. Yeah. You, you've got maybe some of the best video games ever made on one packet in one game cart. Like, yeah, that doesn't feel fair to most of the games on this list. No, it's it's pretty rough, I got to say, uh, for for other things to have to go up against this. So so I guess I guess I have to ask. Do we have possibly a new number one on the list? It is possible. So I've already stated that I do have a preference for Mario World over over Mario three. But I am also a huge fan of Super Mario Brothers and Mario two which are very different games that give this collection uh, a real hit of variety to it. Yeah. And I, and I think the lost levels just, you know, like adds that. It's a good bonus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like any of these games taken individually, I would say easily Mario world trumps them all. Um, But, but all of them together, one package, (sighs) Mm -hmm. that is a slightly tougher call. It is. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think it's I guess it's fair to point out that we have talked about how this isn't quite a perfect upgrade to all of these games. Like, you know, Super Mario Brothers and the Lost Levels have to some extent been been messed with maybe a little too much. Uh, yeah. You know, well, so it's certainly Super Mario Brothers, I think, has yes. been messed with a little bit too much. And like the feel of it isn't quite right. Like it's not quite a perfect conversion gameplay wise. But, you know, I think that there was a really clear amount of effort put into this, right? Like they could oh, yeah. have just put the, cause I mean, a game we're going to play eventually is the Ninja Gaiden collection. Yeah. Or Ninja Gaiden trilogy, I guess it's called, mm-hmm. which is a much more straightforward. We just made these ROMs run on, we, we made these games run on the super Nintendo hardware and didn't really do much else to them. Right. And that's not really what these are. These are top to bottom, graphical remakes of four games, uh, you know, not touched very much in the case of Mario two and three, but still clearly effort was put into it. Uh, they added in the ability to save. Uh, it is very unusual for this time period to have just like a collection of games that you can, you know, go back to the menu on and select a different game. So, you know, real effort was put into to this, even if the results were maybe not necessarily perfect in all cases. Um, so, you know, I, I, I would also say, you know, like at the end of the day, like if this is the best way you've got to play any of these, like you can still, you're not going to, Oh yeah. You're not going to be missing out on something hugely yeah. by playing these versions of them either. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I, and maybe still tempted to put this below Super Mario World because I mean, I do think that all of these games individually aren't quite as good as Super Mario World. Um, yeah. So, I think I think that's true. I think that's true, and I think that um, I I admire the overall cohesiveness of the vision of super Mario world as like a new game made for new hardware, trying to trying to use that hardware in really, uh, really exciting ways. So I do think I would probably put this 
yeah, I th- I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you that this should probably go behind Super Mario okay. World. So then we have number two, The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. Does this go below Zelda? Well, Zelda also is a game that is, is you know, uh, doing a very good job of, of being, you know, a new version of a classic game that's like embracing the new hardware for, for cool stuff, for cool effects. Uh, it's very forward thinking. You know, having played through, having only played through Legend of Zelda a Link to the Past in the last couple of years, I can't say I have the same, I, I cannot have the same nostalgia for it that I have for yeah. any of these games. So I can see its flaws probably a little more clearly. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not a great game, but it is a game that I don't think is perfect. Well, yeah, you know? I mean, part of that is just that I think The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past has maybe like, like as somebody who dabbles in programming, like there's more stuff that can kind of not go quite right in the legend of Zelda, you know, like, like, yeah, it's like more ambitious. So there's more, it's kind of putting more on the table for, for there to be problems. Yeah. We with, like right? to, there's slightly more moving parts that are moving in more intricate <laughs> ways than yeah, yeah. what's going on in super Mario brothers in some ways. So, you know, I'm willing to kind of forgive it a little bit for that. Um, That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is tough because, you know, I, I didn't really come to the Zelda series until, later so i also don't yeah. have nostalgia for this game um but i i do really respect what it is it, it looks amazing for and, sure and, yeah i mean obviously like people still want to get more out of this game like there's there's you know rom hacks that you know randomize the items that you get to make oh yeah to, you yeah know, to, to make the gameplay more interesting and more challenging for people who have just already played this uh, game to memorize yeah. the game basically yeah exactly yeah maybe i would i would put mario all-stars below link to the past based on what we're we're saying about it yeah i don't think i would go below super castlevania 4 though no no and i think super castlevania 4 in some ways is actually because super castlevania 4 is to some extent a remake of original Castlevania. So I think it's on good grounds to compare these two. And I think Mario world is, uh, or I, I'm sorry. I think Mario all-stars, uh, is a, a better overall experience than super Castlevania four. I mean, it's definitely a lot friendlier for people to just pick up and play for sure for sure and i just think that you know this is a case where the variety of the games in mario all-stars actually does trump the single single experience that super castlevania 4 is is giving yeah yeah um so yeah so yeah new new number three super mario all-stars that sounds very good to me yeah new number three so there we go we've now got we now somehow have five Mario games in the top three. Yeah, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> uh, funny how life works. Um, and actually, I'm looking at this. Uh, how many? OK, of the top 10 here. Really, those are the the only Nintendo uh, published games that are in the the top ten. Are the top three? That's true. Yeah, because the you know we've got which is pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, we got Super Castlevania, TMNT, Soul Blazer, Lost Vikings, Street Fighter Two, Final Fantasy Two, Run Saber, Run Saber in the top yeah. ten still. <laughs> Run Saber in the top ten. Yeah, it's a good game. It is a very good game. All right. Well, 
Um, where is the next Nintendo published game? Is that uh Mario Kart at sixteen? It's probably wow. Mario Kart. Mario Kart at sixteen. Yeah. So interesting, interesting that uh, Mar- uh, y- you know, Mario is a very strong presence in, uh, in the Super Nintendo library so far, but Nintendo as a whole really does not make up a, a, a super disproportionate amount of the best games on the system when you look at, at what else was going on there. A lot of Konami, a lot of like random you know, a, a publisher with like one or two games on here. I think that like the Super Nintendo was in a, like a pretty healthy place at this point. Uh, it wasn't super overly reliant on Nintendo putting out the yeah, goods, yeah. which is great. And speaking of the Super Nintendo being pretty healthy, uh, I guess for the next episode, we are going to finish up August of 1993, because uh, aside from Super Mario All-Stars, there wasn't a whole lot that came out. Uh, there was a hockey game that we already talked about. Uh, the last two games are going to be... Uh, both from Capcom, they're both sequels, Final Fight 2 and Street Fighter 2 Turbo. And I think um, that's also going to bode pretty well for the month. I think those are also some uh, some pretty good ones. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're only going to have four games that come out in a month, uh, this is not a bad list, really. No. So, yeah. Not at all. So, uh, so yeah, we are going to be talking about Final Fight 2 and Street Fighter 2 Turbo next time. And then that'll do it for... Uh, August of 1993. So, uh, so hey, everybody, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this little trip down memory lane of, of talking about the original Mario games on the NES. Um, I don't know what else to say except for uh, until next time, do the Mario. Hey, do the Mario. Uh... I'm Captain Lou Albano. Do the Mario. <laughs> Remember, kids, you go to hell if you do drugs. Oh, God. And I'm Cindy Lopper. <laughs> All right. Until next time, folks, we hope you've had a good time. We hope you join us again and uh, play it loud. talking to you about drugs. Kids, don't be afraid to say no. Anyone that asks you to use drugs is not your friend. Drugs can and will kill. Remember, don't be afraid to turn to your priest, your rabbi, your minister, your moms, your dads, your teachers, because drugs can kill. And if you do drugs, you go to hell before you die. Please.